Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I will start by asking, what is new to you, Alex? I've basically been sick since we last recorded, so (laughs) I've done nothing except for, like, watch pointless garbage on YouTube for the last seven days. Mm -hmm. Um... Maybe I mean, some, same, like, less... but I don't even have the excuse of being sick, so. <laughs> well, I, can't, I like, I made it over to your place, but then as soon as I got home, like, the drive home, it just got, it, like, went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's so then terrible. I had to cancel my New Year's plans. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks so much. Yeah, but I'm finally better. I'm a little stuffy now, but I think it's just because... I don't know. I feel fine. Yeah, just been resting. <laughs> well, watch anything good on YouTube? On YouTube? I, I don't think there's anything good on YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, nothing memorable. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's something, but uh, let's see. What, let's see. Let's just see. Let's indulge and see if there's anything I liked. I hit the yeah, little like go, button. Go on. Look at your your history there. um okay so i have a couple new obsessions (laughs) Mm. so one of them is john mclean okay who who is like a uk beauty person right and i'm vaguely familiar and he's just like very over the top with his accent and everything must be seamless and, <laughs> and 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 we must create seamlessness. Isn't he the uh, one that got into a feud with the Stranger Things kids? Probably. There's so many beauty feuds. Oh, like, not the, the Stranger world. Things kids. The, I get confused because it's Finn Wolfhard. It's the, the It kids. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he was like talking shit about it and saying it was a bad movie which that's hilarious um, i love that there's drama with this strange person (laughs) when it like super blew up he like did a pennywise makeup look and finn wolfhard is like oh uh mm -hmm, yeah i i'm sure you're a big fan like (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's really fun to watch because i just like i like the like joke that he makes about him being like immortal and that's fun (laughs) um and then i also fell in love with amelia fart (laughs) who is this like blue-haired lesbian who wears like like silk looking robes and a and a scarf around her neck at all times Mm, good look and it's like half totally a joke and half totally serious so um, you so yeah mm-hmm. so there's that and then yeah those are just the strange youtube holes that i've been in lately it's, it's fun to find those i've been going down some youtube holes myself though i have to say the strangest thing that i have indulged in recently so i had this entire week off from work mm-hmm. um like they closed down production the first week of January to like do maintenance and stuff in the shop. And so we just don't have any work to do. 
Uh, and I did far little, far far less than I should have uh, with my time. <laughs> Just far, far less than I should have. Uh-huh. And like we considered like, you know, taking a trip, you know, out to ashland or you know somewhere go to the beach or something but like will had just enough obligations sort of scattered through the week that it was just like no we can't Mm -hmm. do anything so i just sat on my butt all week (laughs) um but will and i took a couple of evenings to watch through the entire first season of the strangest anime i've watched in a very long time Uh uh-huh uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Kakegurui, um, uh-huh. which is about a high school where everyone participates in high stakes gambling <laughs> for money and clout. Um, <laughs> and it is insane and super horny. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, everyone is super horny for gambling, and it's crazy (laughs) but as i watched it i began to realize what the the formula that they're actually using is a classic detective mystery it's not a mystery but it's structured like one like a good sherlock holmes where you've got your genius main character who's like operating on a level above everybody because see the thing about this gambling high school is that all of the highest level gamblers are cheating all the time uh right. they just like <laughs> as the show went on i was like okay so everyone cheats but that's the format of the episode is yeah. she engages in a crazy gambling game with some crazy character And then throughout, you know, you're just like watching this match and the rules are explained and, you know, you're trying to keep up with what's going on and the mind games that are being played. And at a certain point, um, the main character, Yumiko, is like, and here's how you're cheating. And did you (laughs) think that you'd get away with it? You're scum. And like, just (laughs) lays them out and is like, this is how I thought around you. And it's like explaining the like high level thinking that she's doing. And you're like, oh my gosh, all the clues were there. Everything was laid out and I watched it all happen, but I Uh didn't put it together Yumiko's a genius and that's that's how every single episode works you've even got your sort of like Watson character in this boy Ryota that she like helps out and then latches onto her and is just like the normal boy that hangs out with her to be like no you can't possibly (gasps) wait I see what she's doing and like (laughs) to explain it all to us idiots (laughs) exactly or well yeah so that they can explain it to him, the idiot, who oh, is the yeah. audience surrogate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's very much like a good mystery where all of the pieces are shown to you, but you're yeah. not quite smart enough to put it together. And so when the genius does lay it all out, it's like, oh, dang, that was crazy. <laughs> so it was actually really fun. Um, it's just insane. Like, it, it's really i mean i guess it's their the technique to keep you know people sitting at a table playing a game interesting is just to make it very horny uh in the in the way that only anime can yeah and it's like it doesn't actually get like 
romantic at any point. Like, there's no romance. There's no, like, re- like romantic or sexual relationships between any characters. It's just, like, titties on display all the time. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, but, I mean, it was fun. <laughs> we watched <laughs> I mean, the honestly, entire season. That's all, sometimes that's all you really need or all that, like, you like especially in the year the last year sometimes mm-hmm. fun is 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 all that is required yeah. to to you know occupy your time yeah i mean there's crazy characters like every single so like the high roller gamblers like the top of the heap are like the student council because that's how japan works i don't know <laughs> it seems like it's always the student council that's like i don't know but they're all crazy freaks in some way like they're all creeps and perverts and it's really insane (laughs) really like the craziest one is this uh oh gosh what was her name um midori yeah midori she's actually a crazy pervert she's like a she's like a masochist who wants Mm -hmm. to play russian roulette with people um, because like she doesn't want to gamble with money that's boring she wants to gamble with like bodily harm and death <laughs> it's it's extremely weird but you know if you're looking for something insane to watch that's on Netflix <laughs> huh. well I mean it's just sort of a natural progression out of sort of our beginning preamble do you want to just sort of slide on into today's conversation so we're basically just like recapping slash i don't know considering the trials trials and tribulations of of 2018 in media (laughs) i gotta tell you man this was the hardest longest year i had to like go on to wikipedia just to see what movies came out earlier this year and be like wow so that ma- felt like a lifetime Black ago panther came out in 2018 that's how long the year was i mean like i that i went like back to january and i was like what <laughs> that was that that was the same year i know <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so we've, you know, we've got the different sort of categories to consider. Obviously, we're the sort to sort of focus on movies, but oddly enough, I didn't actually go out to see a lot of films that came out this year. So for me, it's a pretty short list of sort of my top films of the year. Yeah, I don't know if I have like a definitive, like, written out list. Because I had so many movies that I loved for different reasons. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... There wasn't, like, a movie this year that was, like, so mind-blowing that it completely, like, threw everything else out the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like have that, was, but it was something you didn't see, so... Yeah, I didn't have, like, a Moonlight. I didn't have, like, uh, Call Me By Your Name. I didn't have one of those where I was just, like, in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of fun in movies this year, which is, I think, what we needed yes i think so, so too just to remind myself because i just have such a wandering brain i just have the list of um 202 best movies according to rotten tomatoes pulled up okay. and i'm just gonna kind of go through them as we as we talk um sure and number 202 is ready player one 
Ready Player oh. <laughs> which, One. Oh. Which I watched very recently. I think I watched it um, over the holiday. And I actually really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Was it? it yeah, I thought it was really fun. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. So it doesn't take itself seriously, which is what it needed to do was well, not take itself seriously. Um, and it's just like, it's not like so because, okay, so the references aren't like, they're not quoting things the whole time. They're not like, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. not like so bad. It, it's like full to the brim of references, but they're not like, you know, shooting into your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I thought the, the, the cast was really nice. There's like a nice little reveal with like the big buff half cyborg friend is actually, um, you know, there's a nice little reveal with that, who that really is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an amazing. Okay. So this is very Steven. This is like the most Steven Spielberg movie ever. <laughs> so there's a whole scene where they're doing one of the trials and it's literally the characters in the film, The Shining, participating, <laughs> participating in the film. What? And it's incredible. It's so much fun. And like one of them gets washed away by the elevator blood. <laughs> it's so cool. Like well, it's so, it did, it had a okay so i had not read the book but okay. obviously people love the book it didn't have a right to be good and it probably wasn't technically good but <laughs> again it just made me so happy and smiley and it was fun that i didn't care that it wasn't good well good i mean that's that's fine then like i mean it's a little like my experience with this dumb anime Right, exactly. Where you're just like, okay, they did that, and I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I felt that way about Venom. I went and saw Venom on uh-huh. Christmas Eve with my husband and my mother-in-law. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was playing in the second-run theater in Vancouver. And uh-huh. it was not bad. Like, it was... Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it on my top films list of the year like, or anything. I feel like there were like, a lot of you, you tried movies this year. Honestly, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, you tried. <laughs> this movie was what it was supposed to be, like it was. Yeah. And I don't really know what metric people have been judging it against, because it's like, huh. yeah, it's not Infinity War, but I'm kind of tired of that. Like, right. I enjoyed a movie that was just like, oh no, I got an alien in my body, and he wants to eat all the tater tots. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what it was, and that was nice. You see, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm the I, I only want to see it because there's so much like Tumblr shipping between him and. Here's and the, the thing, it's it's canon. Is the I know, thing I know, but it's in like... the comics, Eddie and Symbiote romantically love each other, and I it's know, a but... beautiful thing. I know, and I don't again. I don't hate it. <laughs> no, I kind of love honestly. Yeah. That's one of the most fascinating things about that the character of Venom. Like yeah. I, I think it's a shame the film I mean, obviously the film was not going to explore that, but <laughs> it's a shame that they didn't, because that's what I find interesting about Venom. All the like biting people's heads off. It's like everybody bit people's heads off and it was the nineties. Like that was just what was <laughs> happening in comics. The fascinating thing about venom is that venom is a romantic relationship (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and if and- anybody could do that, sort of, it, it's it's uh, what's his name who they cast? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy can do anything. He can, and he did. He did everything. <laughs> he did everything in this movie. And yeah, I can't be mad at it. Like it was fun and dumb, and that's fine. That's did fine. you? <laughs> so you were saying something about the one that you was your favorite. What was your favorite? My ultimate movie of the year, and it came out way back in February, Ooh. a thousand years ago, <laughs> was Annihilation. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I. Like, there's not much conversation to be had, um, because you haven't seen it, and I, I, well, I, I, I know, you... I know, I know exactly what goes on. I, I watched a couple key scenes. It's now on Hulu, and I think I could probably manage it now that I know uh-huh. what I'm in for. Um, and we did yeah. talk a lot about it when it came out too. Yes, I, I, I mean, I can't shut up about the damn thing. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I mean, it's just, it, oh, just seeing it was like, I can't believe that this is the what the movie is like yeah. <laughs> i really couldn't and then i had to go and watch the director's previous film ex machina yeah. because i was like oh mm-hmm. i really wrote that movie off and shouldn't have and was correct in that that had realization. you not seen ex machina before hmm? had you did you not see ex machina no before i didn't you saw see it, it until after <laughs> I saw the movie. ex machina is creepy yeah it's really good man <laughs> Like it's weird to see that side of uh, Oscar Isaac, like to see him I play know. as a total psycho. Oh, I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good, but but Annihilation is like on a whole other level for me. It it was just like the right level of you know it it, it yeah. was it was sort of it could have been in the vein of something like interstellar which i do like but is a Mm -hmm. bit big for its britches um (laughs) and i think that it's because something like interstellar leans a little too hard on the hard science of things and you're gonna Mm -hmm. fall apart unless you're like a super genius writing this movie and then you're gonna write something that's not accessible but annihilation is all like metaphysical the science doesn't matter the science is incomprehensible yeah it's not Mm -hmm. about that it's a what if yeah i mean it's it's like a it's like a terrible nightmare it's not it's not it's not really science fiction i wouldn't say well and it's Uh, also very like more evidence that oh we can have a a big movie that's entirely yeah by women entirely starting women Hmm. yeah (laughs) all those women who also tessa thompson and zoe kravitz in it no okay maybe no but what's her face uh the uh latina girl from uh, jane the virgin yes Yes, she's in it but basically everybody in that movie is like doing amazing things in all of movies like yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah it's 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 fact fabulous i don't need to say much more about it like i've talked about it in the past but it was just like i saw the trailer and was like oh that could be really really cool and then the film experience exceeded all expectations like like after the the, (laughs) the scene the bear scene like in the theater dylan and i just turned to each other like what the fuck did i just see like we just (laughs) 
so, couldn't even so I haven't seen everything of it. I know how it ends. I know like mm-hmm. about the the, the, the humanoid. Yeah, and I know the music and the dance. The dance at the end is really cool. Um, and it was like actually choreographed and all that. Um, but um, it it kind of makes me think of you know when you're watching Arrival and you're like, what if this just goes really bad and it suddenly becomes a horror movie? Yeah. That's Annihilation. <laughs> right. But then it doesn't. It like it dips into that territory, yeah. but it's so much more than that. And like stay and stays like an indie art film along the way. I mean, because what's really scary about that scene is not the threat of bodily harm so much as the existential terror yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what that film is. It's just yeah. like 90 minutes of existential dread. <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> Did you have any standouts you think this year? Well, I, again, I'm going down the list like I said I was because otherwise my brain will just shatter into a million pieces. Right. But this is definitely a standout. Number 171, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> to shift gears a little. Completely shifting gears. I absolutely loved it. I saw it twice. I saw it on a date with my current boyfriend and I took my mom to... I think I took my mom to see it. Um... And it's just so good. It's so like better than the first one and also really funny and also really good songs. And also like, I don't know. I talked about it already. It's just joy. And that's all I needed this year was just joy. You needed joy. I needed existential dread. apparently. (laughs) (laughs) They're best. They're best friends. Those two things are best friends. I feel like there are two sides of the same coin. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're opposite sides exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i need to rent that i need to see it i it looks it looks adorable it's it looks... just fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i uh <sighs> i definitely i went down the the wikipedia list of like all the films that came out by month and it's insane to be like oh yeah. I guess that I was this year, like Pacific Rim so Uprising. I, oh my gosh, I just watched it and I loved it. Another, I talk about another okay. movie. Okay, at yeah, the end of the film, it, like they're gonna, they're gonna have like a polyamorous relationship, right? Like that's what's. Wait, <laughs> I don't remember. I might have been on cold medicine. <laughs> oh, so it sets it up first as like oh, the two dudes are like vying for the one girl's affections oh they're totally into each other the whole but movie the two though. boys are definitely into each other and oh, then they the have end, such a history. the girl is into both of them and it's like yeah. perfect yeah polyamory let's do this yeah they're in the future they can do what they want <laughs> yes and what they want to do is each other what a cute thruple. <laughs> I agree. No, I'm super into it. Like, I had just that moment when when John Boyega's like, I'm confused. I'm like, oh, you, you're, you're not confused, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what you want. No, it's, it's great. Honestly, I think I enjoyed Uprising more than the first one, and I quite liked the first one. I think the thing about, the, about Uprising is that it did... Like, this is going to... I don't know if this even makes sense. But, it, like, I feel like the first one had so much riding on its shoulders because it's it's a Del Toro movie and that carries and a lot of a, weight with it. It's a brand new property. It's and... a brand new property and it was supposed to be a blockbuster. This one was like, we know it's basically a direct-to-DVD, but we're going to have fun anyway. 
<laughs> I thought it was all the better. Honestly, I mean, it was it was a similar movie with I think a more sort of compelling story behind it, and um, a male lead that is not made of cardboard. Like John Boyega is super charismatic, and yeah. Charlie Hunnam is a human shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> yeah you're right (laughs) i get nothing from that guy like he's like you know uh Uh (laughs) crimson peak is one of my favorite movies and like i forget that he's in it (laughs) he's the peak (laughs) (laughs) he's just the mountain (laughs) yeah he's just he's just a couch in the foyer of the house Uh, Which, I mean, honestly, and I think you're totally right, because everybody else in that first movie is just so outstanding. In, in Pacific it's Rim? Like, yeah, in the first yeah. one. like, And having him just as like a like generic I am everything. the boy. I am the white boy. Yeah, he just doesn't mean like, anything. Then you're up against Idris Elba and... Um, everybody, everything. Her name, I mean, like he's being shown up by Charlie Day. Like I know, like in it, and and Charlie does a good job in the, in the second one too. Yes, I, I like that turn that he that he takes yes. in that. Film. And it was a little creepy too when the when you first find out, you're like, oh, that's so gross. Oh, it is. It's extremely <laughs> gross. It's extremely yucky and bad. But you're like, he would. He would, and he did. Yeah, it's. <laughs> And I like the like tech lady who turns out to be a good guy. Like you think I that know. she's the she's so, the time and she's, she's just so, a badass. She's so chic, and then she like gets in the nitty gritty, and you're like, ooh. Oh man, I my friend Elise. Like when I saw that movie, I was like, oh damn, this woman is 100 percent what Elise like aspires to be. Because like <laughs> she's like you know super elegant, super genius tech lady, and it's just like goals yeah <laughs> absolute goals uh-huh what a like what a like honorable mention for movie of the year in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> definitely not like anywhere on the list but definitely but it's, it's, a, it's a runner-up it's a <laughs> it's a funner up <sighs> that's terrible i know <laughs> oh annihilation <sighs> placed 109 on uh rotten tomatoes list well, that's good. It definitely deserves a place on the list. Ant-Man and the Wasp did better than it? What? No, wait. Is this backwards? They're Okay, so they're not doing it by freshness rating. Cause it's just Ant-Man a list Wasp... in no particular order? I'm not sure. Because they're ranked, but then the, the freshness ratings are a little bit all, all over the place. Yeah, that's weird. I, I Maybe wonder what the like, ranking is. Because, like, I, I love wonder, Ant-Man I bet... and the Wasp. No. I bet it's like audience and critic thing that it does it by. And so like the critics punched up Annihilation really high and then the the audience punched up Ant-Man and the Wasp really high. Cause... Maybe. I don't know. They both one has 88, one has 89. So it's like whatever. Yeah. But weird. Close enough. Weird. Deadpool 2 came out this year. Enjoyed it. It did. I. I liked it. <laughs> I, I watched it a, a second time and I didn't like it like at all the second time. Oh really? I think it's just because I'm a little tired of like it okay, so it's fun the first time because you're like, oh hi, it's a sequel to like the shameless, like, you know. Oh boy, all of that. more more ball jokes. 
Yeah, but then it's like, but then you get there and you're like, oh, they're critiquing something that they're totally feeding into now. It's no yeah. longer a, crit- a critique. It's well, just. I mean, you can a, say a the joke same of a thing critique. of the Lego movie, but I didn't take yeah. away points for it that time. <laughs> well, well, again, again, on second viewing, because it's mm-hmm. you, you can sort of like start to pick apart the stuff. And so sure, I, I just sure. really want it to be like when they do a third one, like don't just pick apart superhero movies, pick apart society. Honestly, well, let's hope. Well, honestly, and, hope. and and he's joked about it, and they've talked about it on Twitter, blah blah blah, of like, of like Deadpool having a boyfriend. Like, get on it. <laughs> I know, for real, Ryan. You know you need to do this, Ryan. Right? And have know. it be Chris Pratt, and how fucking funny would that be? <laughs> I saw. Uh, I think it was a Tumblr post. It's always a Tumblr post of somebody saying like, it should be like, he should have just like a peripheral boyfriend that just sort of like he's just around sometimes and he's played by andrew garfield and his name is peter and whenever they're like so peter what do you do it like cuts away that would be so (laughs) good and you yeah i don't know that'd be fun or or any or anybody vaguely comic book movie related like even uh the sam raimi spider-man that's oh sure toby Maguire. you know it's a weird day for me when i know sam raimi's name over toby Maguire's name (laughs) Oh my god. Um side note, uh in, on the subject of Sam Raimi. I felt very old recently. So Mystery Schools, one of my favorite music artists, uh-huh. um, just put out a very very good new track called Don't Fuck With My Money. <laughs> and uh the official music video is not out, so when he released the song on YouTube, he just set it to a scene from Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> which was a pretty weird choice, but good track. Um, but the top rated YouTube comment was So I just found out that this is a scene from a nine-year-old horror movie called Drag Me to Hell, directed by the guy who made the Spider-Man movies. And I'm like, are you, how how old are you? Like, (laughs) I'm just like, why are you, why is, why are you saying any of this? (laughs) Talk about existential dread. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) i saw drag me to hell in theaters so i just like you didn't know it was drag me to hell you had to look it up (sighs) sam raimi is the guy who made the spider-man movies come on it's like people calling sandra bullock the lady from bird box oh that is right I don't even like Sandra Bullock, but she deserves better than that. Right? I mean, and she was in another movie that came out this year. She was in Ocean's 8. And she was in Gravity! Like, what? Yeah, well, Gravity... I feel like less people saw that because it was kind of, like, really intense. Yeah, but it was an Oscar movie. That's true. Like, it's still very famous. Yeah. Well, I didn't well, see it because I, I don't say, like Sandra Bullock. Honest, honestly, I, w- I would say Miss Congeniality is her most famous movie, and I don't see how people Yeah, but don't these know children. These children. Alex, these children don't know Miss Congeniality. I know. Speaking of these children, number 82 on the list that I, I am ash- honestly ashamed to want to see this, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. It looks hilarious. I so, love Teen Titans Go. I don't like Teen Titans Go, but I am obsessed with the original Teen Titans that it is based on. It's not the original, but you know. Yeah, are, are, yeah, that it is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Teen Titans and, 
and just to see them like fight up against slate again it's just nice (laughs) no i think i i like teen titans go i will admit to not getting into the uh previous teen titans cartoon the way some people did but i do think the sort of bitterness that some people have towards teen titans go is a little unfounded yeah it's just like sure it's fine if it's not your thing if that's yeah. not the, your 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 speed but people being like no that's not teen titans <laughs> i think they just like, they're just y'all. they're just sad because it was so good and they wanted it to keep going and it's only spiritually still alive and they don't approve of that but like they act like teen titans go personally murdered teen <laughs> titans it's funny because it honestly is helping it keep going <laughs> Yeah, like, it's not, they didn't cancel Teen Titans to make Teen Titans go. That's right. they not canceled what Teen happened. Titans, and Teen Titans Go was allowed to bring them back, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it was just a different way to repurpose this franchise. It's not, yeah. it's not, you don't even have to really compare the two. They're entirely different shows. Yeah, I did just, <laughs> um, I did just watch, I think it was on Hulu or something. It was um, Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, which is more of like hmm. more of oh, like okay. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the PG thirteen animated film. Yeah, um, isn't that the one about Terra? Yeah, which is the best storyline in the in the animated show too. Um, well, and it comes from a very famous storyline from the comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot comics, of people's favorites. It's also creepy as hell. Yeah, it's very cool. Because it's about a teenage girl who is definitely having a sexual relationship with an older man. Yeah, so that's and that's not... not in the show, but it's in no. the movie. Is it in the movie? Well, they go there. It's they're not. He he's like, um. So the the man that she wants to be in a relationship with is Slade, and uh-huh. he's he's like eighty. I mean, he looks like 80. no. He's he's like a buff, buff salt and pepper haired forty six. Um, <laughs> this is a pretty far from 80. <laughs> they make him look like his, I don't know. Anyway. He's older. She's working with him and Dr. Mm-hmm. Or Brother Blood. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, she, she's like, or he's like, if you get me the Titans, then we can be together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he has any intentions of actually being with her because I think he wouldn't that even would do that. Fair. But she is so damaged that she wants it like more than anything yeah yeah i'm pretty sure in the comics like they're already there yeah that wouldn't surprise me but no i think teen (laughs) titans go looks go to the movies looks really cute i know it needs to be on some sort of streaming platform immediately for sure you know what also came out this year what solo oh really this year solo came out in may that's why we didn't get a real star wars movie you didn't realize that it was just like they made it a like an early summer movie instead I of a know, Christmas. I know. I'm just. I liked it. I liked it. I did. I I quite liked it. I liked I'm the ending. Say I like Rogue One better, but I liked, I liked the I liked ending. It. And I, I liked, liked the like design of everything. I liked Alden Ehrenreich and yeah. how he took the good parts of Han Solo and he conveniently forgot about the bad parts of Han Solo. <laughs> I don't like those parts of Han yeah. Solo. The creepy, rapey vibe is not something that I think I want in a Han Solo. Uh-huh. But that's Harrison Ford! 
And I really loved Amelia Clark in it. Yeah, she's a, she's a darling. And I'll never I'll never say no to Paul Bettany oh. in anything. I'll yeah. never say no to that. I haven't seen it again and I don't know when I will, but I will. It's worth it. I'm glad it exists. It's something to you know, I mean like I've already got like all the Star Wars movies, so I'll I'll get the Blu-ray eventually. <laughs> well, my boyfriend is like a collector of Star Wars memorabilia and he still doesn't have it yet. <laughs> so I, th- I think that says a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean there it's it's a contentious film, not not it's definitely, all... I don't I, and I don't think anyone hates it. Well, I'm sure there's some... No, some people hate it. Some I people I did not hate it. I don't know anybody that did hate it. It's just not it's the bottom of the tier. It's yeah, it's it's a middling film as films go. It's, it's I, above I, I like the prequels Rogue One a lot better. But below everything else. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe <laughs> so. I don't know. Return of the Jedi is not great. I love Return <laughs> of the Jedi so much. So okay, much. Well, <laughs> Return of the Jedi did not come out this year, so we should not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> we can leave that one behind yep um oh i've come across a movie on the chronological list i'm viewing that's definitely going to be one of your top films Ooh, yes do tell sorry to bother you I, i'm literally looking at the same movie number 61 on rotten tomatoes list yep, yep, yep. I, I i gotta i gotta <coughs> get it i gotta get it <clears throat> it's um it's worth it i was actually um while i was driving to the store before we were recording um on i think it was weekend edition or one of the npr shows um they were interviewing the director and and like asking him about like i don't know just kind of everything about it and how so the premise is that this down on his luck guy gets a job at a at a telemarketing center and boots riley the director um Mm -hmm also has worked at a telemarketing firm (laughs) so so it's just you know based off a lot of real life experience but then the whole like twist of it all is that he uses his white voice quote unquote to be better and like get really good at it make a lot of money and his white voice is um done by a complete it's like voiceover yeah because it's what it's david cross isn't it yes um and so yeah and 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 they were talking a lot of to, to boots about like you know his activism and all the stuff about the movie and how in mostly he sees it as an anti-capitalism movie mm-hmm. which it is certainly <laughs> <laughs> so if you yeah yeah mm-hmm, yep that, and that's and yeah, no, I know. It totally makes sense, especially after, you know, seeing it and having hearing him say that I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot. And actually, it, it reminded me in a weird way of Ready Player One, because in Ready Player One, if you run out of money in the game, you have to go live at this like. This like center where you like play the game for this company until your debt is paid right and you like live and work and eat there and sorry to bother you there's like this peripheral thing that you keep seeing commercials for where it's like the center where like 
you don't want any responsibilities anymore. Come work and live in one of our, like, I don't know what they, I don't remember what they call them, but they're like the same thing. And I'm like, whoa, capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Living in late capitalism, man. Yeah. It's, it's freaky. And definitely like in a weird way, both of those sort of pick at the millennial fear of like adult adulting. Yeah. Where you're like, I don't want to have to deal with this. Can't somebody just take care of it all and I can just do what I want? Right. Oh, man. I actually just read a very, very interesting article today from BuzzFeed News. Uh-huh. Uh, how millennials became the burnout generation. Uh-huh. Y'all read it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. <clears throat> all right. What, uh, what else we got? What else um, we got on this? One list? that I also watched over the holidays. It's number fifty-four. Uh, is RBG, uh, which is a documentary oh. about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, that looked really good. And I had seen, I had seen like a a short like TV episode length documentary about her, but it was more of like what she does. It was more like day in the life of her. And mm-hmm. this this is a lot more like this is her whole life, and it's really cool and she's just really cool (laughs) and it made me even more excited for um on the basis of uh, basis of sex which is the new biopic um yes which i think just came out so yeah just come out either just came out or is about to come out yeah i'm not sure but i think in i think the two the documentary and the biopic are going to work really well together Mm mm-hmm uh, something that Will and I rented earlier in the week um, from Redbox uh, was Bad Times at the El Royale. We had Ooh, missed it in theaters. Hmm? Well, how was it? You, you finally saw it. It was great. I really liked it. It was crazy, actually. Um, it definitely took a lot of stylistic influence from Quentin Tarantino. Uh-huh. Um, in the sort of like non-linear, like chopped and screwed sort of timeline of the film, where you get to like see different concurrent events, one like one after another, and you know it all sort of ties up in the end. Um, some really good performances from uh, John Hamm and uh, Jeff Bridges was Jeff Bridges. Uh, <laughs> But the the thing that really surprised me, I didn't realize, and it's not it's not really a spoiler, um, but just the trailers kind of led me to believe something else. Uh-huh. So you know how Chris Hemsworth comes in with his ch- shirt open and yeah. you know, he's all wet in the rain. Um <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's some kind of like big bad criminal that Dakota Johnson has stolen something from or whatever, uh-huh. and he's come to collect or, you know, track her down or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's basically charles manson oh he's a charles manson and that was like the piece that fell into place i was like this movie's rad as hell because like (laughs) yeah in the in the 70s like cults were a problem yeah like it was a big problem that there were all of these (laughs) cults and so yeah he's like a manson style like he you know sort of a hippie cult like creepazoid and it's fascinating because what um what dakota johnson has actually stolen from him is her younger sister so oh gosh yeah it gets 
crazy. It gets crazy. Um, really a fun ride, though. Like, not a mind-blowing masterpiece of a film, but just, like, a fun crime movie. There needs to be a streaming service that it's, like, all of the C movies that you never saw. Like, Yeah, those ones that you were like, oh, maybe I'll see that, and then didn't. Yeah. <laughs> And and you'll eventually, like, eventually you might get to them all and, like, they'll be over across, like, four different streaming platforms and you're like, oh, if I go over here, I can watch this one and then maybe I'll get to the, but, like, why can't somebody just be, like, the the brave soul and be like, I'm going to buy them all and you're going to watch them all and it's going to be great. <laughs> no, don't worry about and it. you can actually have, like, marathons for Oscar parties and stuff. That would be so cool. Oh, man. Yeah. That would be fun. You're right. Did you? Yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun popcorn movie. Did you see um, "To All the Boys I Loved Before" the Netflix? I didn't. Movie? I have not watched it. It's cute. It's number thirty six on this list. I don't know if I would put it there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, um, it's also hard when it's like a teening movie and you're not a teenager right. anymore. Yes, I it's do know what you mean. It's definitely like a good teen movie. <laughs> I mean, people are liking it, but yeah, yeah it's not necessarily my usual fare. Um, so I didn't, yeah, really, I, you know, fully take the time. But it's not one I would be like, you have to watch this. I'm sure if you're into that genre, it's an extremely good example of it. But yeah. it's just not my usual scene. Um, however, Netflix movie that did recently come out that I absolutely adored and. I've got, it's funny, I loved the movie. I do also have some mixed feelings about it. Uh-huh. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw it, too. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about it. I okay, want to talk, talk about it. it. Let's talk about it. I mean, okay, Coen Brothers. Like, I, I love the Coen Brothers. I uh-huh. love just all of their films. Like, they're great. They're great. All of their different types of films. It is funny that they're, like, from the directors of... Uh, no Country for Old Men and True Grit. And it's like, I mean, I guess those are the most relevant films that they Yeah, made, but their names but... speak for themselves. I know. And it's like, or like Fargo. Right. And like, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, the Big Lebowski. But no, I mean, No Country for Old Men and True Grit are the more sort of thematically relevant films to reference um i loved it i loved it i loved it i feel a little squeaky about some of the choices it was full of choices i understand (laughs) them i think and that doesn't necessarily mean that they were the right choices but i think that they were they were informed choices i think that they they were intentional choices um, you know, the the portrayal of Native Americans is not ideal, but they are referencing a genre Yeah, in portraying Native Americans the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, ah, yeah, I mean, I see your justification for it. I still don't like it. Um, yeah. But but overall, I just really loved Buster Scruggs. So we had it on on Thanksgiving between meals. <laughs> That's an odd context to watch that film. Yep. So I think I missed the middle of it. But I would say of <sighs> the of the vignettes, my favorite was the first one and the last one. 
they were, I mean, each of them was extremely good in its own way. Um, I was a little less impressed by the bank robber one with well, James that's just Franco. Because, that's just because James Franco... That's just because James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for me, it wasn't because of James Franco. I just kind of wasn't sure what they were getting at with it. It was just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. It was just kind of a bunch of... St- I mean, I, I mean, guess that's I, kind I of a like, Coen Brothers move too. I just like, like, okay, so that all happened. I feel like that that whole story was just so they could do that, like, oh, your first time at the at the hangman's noose joke. Yeah, that's a funny gag. It's a funny yeah. gag. I feel like the whole story was just for that. Just in service of that, maybe so, maybe <laughs> so, because it did that. That's a nice chuckle. In some ways, it sort of reminded me of the ending of Burn After Reading. when jk simmons is like so what did we learn here like what is what what was all of this for right (laughs) i was like in this case i don't think it was anything like i I don't think it amounted to anything my mom was like why is there a bank in the middle of nowhere (laughs) because it's a western because it's like yeah i'm fine it's just like that doesn't serve anyone (laughs) no it doesn't it's It's just there to be robbed (laughs) pan shot (laughs) but okay my my two favorites and i'm not totally sure either the one with tom waits as the gold prospector yeah i loved that one i loved that one because and you know i was expecting it to have a sad ending and then it didn't have a sad ending and i was so happy for tom waits i was like (laughs) you're the fucking indefeatable like you're amazing (laughs) You got this. You earned this. I mean, I would argue that there is a bit of a sadness to it because it's it's very like a like, oh, nature lost this round. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just like dug up this riverbed and then left. Yeah. But he he won. He did yeah. it. <laughs> he didn't die, and he's just it turns a great performance. I'll I always love seeing Tom Waits on film. Like I'll. Yeah. always show up for that and that one's um, also like the most unbelievable unrealistic one because it's like you had blood all over you and this is the western this is like i know like how did you not get sepsis like you're, you're either you either died nothing right important then. you either died right then or you walked off into the distance like you did and then died <laughs> right like you got some gangrene or something i right. don't know but he's just a tough old crusty prospector and he can survive oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He's Tom Waits. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is just the bleakest thing I've ever seen is the one with Liam Neeson. See, that one really, I, I, that's the one that lot. I had the most issue with. Really? I mean, but the chicken I, thing I, was hilarious. I, I mean, Harry <laughs> Melling just blew my socks off yeah his performance um i i didn't even recognize him because he looks so darn different from when he was in harry potter yeah i know but he i mean he was just really very very good and yeah. i mean yeah it's definitely not a story for everybody like it's the bleakest thing i feel I've like that that part of it is life. the reason it could it would have failed in theaters is just for that section it's it's difficult. it's difficult. Um I think it's just a masterful and filmmaking though. And dense with all that it's, Shakespeare. I mean, but I, well, and here's the thing. 
I think it's so good because it's so effective with basically no dialogue. Like we've yeah. got a lot of oration happening, but it's not important what he's yeah. saying. You don't have to listen to yeah. his speeches. You don't have to get the Shakespeare in order yeah. to understand what's happening. Um, and it, like aside from that, there's so little talking and it's such effective filmmaking. Like it really just shows off how skilled the Coen brothers are at filmmaking. Uh-huh. I was just very, very impressed by and their how, storytelling. And how in that. bad of a businessman Liam Neeson is. Yeah. He gets he got totally conned into buying that stupid chicken. That chicken ain't <laughs> not talented at all. That chicken I know that, that, was, that trick's uh, not gonna work. I know yeah. exactly. It made me so angry. I was well, like, yeah, but like Liam Neeson, it's a it's trick. So, <laughs> it's a trick. You don't know how they did it. Yeah, I am, I mean, the fact that they would just sell it to him shows that it's like, oh, exactly. it's not. It's it means trick. the chicken is not important. <laughs> it's not the chicken. You're, it's not going to work. Um, But it's just, oh, I mean, it's really heavy. It makes, there's a lot of very fascinating questions that just don't need to be answered. You know, how did Liam Neeson end up? caring for this yeah quadruple who were they to each other yeah like what is the relationship and because if it's father and son it's even heavier yeah (laughs) yeah it's extremely dark it's extremely extremely dark but i would Um, say that one is probably is beautifully shot though it's beautifully shot it's just yeah it's incredible piece of filmmaking um, and that's why I liked it so much. And that it, they were just, I mean, the, if anyone's going to go there, it's the Coen brothers. Like, they yeah. do, they go dark when they go dark. And that is maybe the darkest thing I've ever seen them do. <laughs> <laughs> but but overall, I just really enjoyed the whole dang movie. The The last vignette felt like a, a Twilight Zone episode, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, I think like, so. The, like, I don't remember it. I thought the huh? prospect. I thought the prospector one was the last one. No, no, the stagecoach is the last one. I don't remember that one, dude. It's it's the it caps off well because like it was whole, Thanksgiving. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. You but you really need to go back and watch it. Okay. It, okay. it ties the whole thing together. I think. Um, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, I kind of guessed at the sort of conceit of it pretty early on so i don't think it's going to spoil anything to tell you what the conceit is because what it is is just an entertaining thing to watch it's just really cool and fascinating um it's like these people on a stagecoach um they're they're riding along very jostly sort of ride you've got an old old oh yes yes now i'm remembering it yeah and then the, the the yeah the rich lady and the french gambler and then the two undertakers Mm -hmm. um and it's a twilight zone episode through and through yeah Mm -hmm. because they're all actually dead yeah i mean it it doesn't say that but it's implied heavily that this is the afterlife and they're all dead Mm -hmm. uh and it's just great i just really enjoyed it um so we don't really need to talk about it because i feel like everybody has talked about it and we've already talked about it but number 23 is black panther Mm-hmm. What is I mean, there to say anymore? What exactly. is there to say? Two Black Panther movies well, came out basically because of Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was great. Number 17, 
And I really, 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 really want to see this, but I have no idea where I'll find it. Can you ever forgive me with Melissa McCarthy? Oh, I, I don't think I've heard of it. So she plays um, Lee Israel, the writer who was forging famous letters in the 90s. Oh, my goodness. And it's a serious role. And she's just been... Apparently, she does an incredible job. The trailer makes it look so good. I really, really want to see it. It's really fascinating when you get to see a traditionally comedic actor really shine in a dramatic role. Yeah. Like, and we know she a- can do it because, like, comedy is always tragedy. I mean, hopefully. It's definitely not always worked out in the best when um, comedic actors have tried to make that yeah, turn. But when they that's, do, that's- it's really interesting. Well, I'm just like think think of like the most ridiculous character she's ever played is in Bridesmaids. Probably. And there are some moments in that movie when that character is just like telling you how it is and you're like, "Holy crap, how am I crying right now?" And then she <laughs> no, has all the that. the puppies and it's just like, "Uh." Oh. <laughs> I think she's got it in her. I I think that she's great. Yeah. Uh you and know, with 98% I mean, like, I just... on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's pretty pretty indicative that is for sure yeah i'm just thinking back to when um jack black was in bernie did you see that one i did not (laughs) it's really good (laughs) that's what people said yeah yeah i recommend it highly um i think that the last chronological movie of the year that i have to mention is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I want to see it so bad. It is everything I hoped it would be and more. It really is. <laughs> it's a it's a sheer delight from beginning to end. I I can't express to you how much fun <coughs> it is to watch. Uh-huh. It is just wonderful and beautiful and crazy and hilarious. I and I mean wanna... one thing that I I really appreciate about it is it is a film that could only be done in its medium. Like yeah. it is a CG animated film and it could be nothing else. If you tried to bake it in any other medium, it would be less than it is. And I love that. I love people really taking advantage of what is unique and special about their medium. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. I want to see it. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I won't really say anything more about it um, because, I mean, what is there to say other than yeah. stuff that I just want you to experience yourself? Yeah. So, in this case, no spoilers. It's just delightful. So, I think the last 10 on this list are all movies I have not seen. <laughs> oh, no, there's one that I've seen. One that I've seen. And the rest, I don't even know half of them, but we'll, we can like talk a little bit. <laughs> so, 8th grade is number 10 gotta see it yeah i need I, to see that I, I want i'm not like really excited to see it but it's because i've heard such good things um uh, yeah i know what you mean <laughs> like yeah it's weird i know that i need to see it and i know that once i see it i will love it but like yeah. it's the, it's a weird barrier and i think there's an are... i think i feel like there's an additional barrier because everybody's eighth grade sucked like <laughs> you're gonna get uh, triggered no matter who <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just feel like that that time period no, is so 
fraught no, you know i totally know what you mean and i feel kind of like a weirdo in that like i don't really have any complaints about my middle school or high school years it's weird yeah, that's that's great that's wonderful it's, a, it's a, i'll 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 count it as a blessing <laughs> but i understand i'm sure eighth grade horrific. will still find ways to make you feel uncomfortable though <laughs> oh sure no i mean the trailer made me uncomfortable it's yeah. too real it's yeah. too 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 real even if it's not me it's too real um huge surprise here at number six but also not at all a surprise Mm -hmm. Nanette, Hannah Gatsby's stand-up special. Oh, wow. Number six, 100% fresh. That's fascinating that they would include something like that on the list. Well, I think they did it by score. And it's like, it's the right length. It's film length, you know? Sure. Um, And I think it just blew everybody's minds. I mean, yeah, it did. But it's, it's sort of... Um a break from form to include a program like that on a list like that. Yeah. Fascinating. Right. And it's like, good job. Netflix got a couple on the list for once. <laughs> yeah. They're actually stepping up their programming quality. They, yeah. they tried the scattershot approach and then they've, they've found the kernels of, <laughs> of quality in there. <laughs> so, um, number one, um, I haven't seen yet. I have access to see it. Paddington 2. I've heard very good things. I've heard very, very good things. I didn't see the first Paddington. Though. I didn't either, but I'm just like... In 2018, Joy won. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty wonderful that that, that is the, the top movie. Yeah. That's a good sign. That's a I good... Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a good sign. <laughs> well, do we want to talk about other um oh, I sort think of maybe fields? Ju maybe just some quick mentions because I don't have like a lot. I just have a couple books and I think I've mentioned them as well already in mm -hmm. this year. But just maybe like reminders to people, I think. Yeah, let's do. Let's do. Um, I've got a couple of podcasts that just came out in 2018 that I really, really loved. Um, I'd say my number one podcast from 2018 was um, Robert Evans' Behind the Bastards. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I don't know if I have. Uh, it's just a really fascinating nonfiction series about the lives of terrible people from history. Um <laughs> And it's, I mean, and not just, you know, long dead people, like people who are still living in some cases, um, yeah. but it's just really, you know, everything from like Hitler's favorite young adult novel series to <laughs> like all the terrible things that you didn't know about, you know, the, the president of the Philippines. Like it's, yeah. it's really, really interesting and it really makes you want to pay better attention <laughs> to the world yeah. uh, and the kinds of terrible things that people get away with while also still being really entertaining. Like it's mm -hmm. actually a very funny and fun podcast, except for when they're talking about things that are just unconscionable. <laughs> it's <laughs> fascinating. Uh, and then my um, runner up was happy face, which is a um, true crime podcast about the happy face killer 
who I can't believe I didn't know about because he was murdering people in our region, like around here. Yeah. In like the early 90s. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I can't believe I had never heard of this serial killer who was like hanging out where I live. <laughs> like that's insane that I didn't know about this. Uh -huh. um, really, really fascinating series. And it's um, co-hosted by the uh, murderer's adult daughter. Um, so it's a very oh. interesting sort of close-up look at like that's, that's horrifying sounding. Yeah, yeah. She was a, a freshman in high school when her father was arrested for murder. Okay, fun. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but it's a it's a really interesting series yeah. about a person that I can't believe I didn't know about before. Yeah, talk about being overqualified to run that podcast. <laughs> right yeah just go right there uh do you have any podcasts that that came out this year um, last year yeah but i don't know they're just kind of just kind of things i listen to <laughs> <laughs> so there, no, um, no nothing that's really so there's race chaser which is two drag queens from rupaul's drag race recount every episode of rupaul's drag race and that's really fun um that's really fun because it's like inside babysitting or whatever that i don't know i don't you know one of those things that it's like you know behind the scenes you sure? um but and then um yeah that's it <laughs> for podcasts that's fine. um that's but fine. a couple books that i read they didn't come out this year but i read them this year I just liked them a lot. So just mm -hmm. a reminder that everybody needs to go out and read Odes, O-D-E-S, by Sharon Olds. <laughs> because it's sad and sexy and funny and really good. All and the then, best things. And then also um, Plume, P-L-U-M-E, by Kathleen Flanagan. Um, it, she's... Uh, a Pacific Northwest poet and it's all about um, the Hanford nuclear site in Eastern Washington um, mm. and like the history of that and like all of the effects of that uh, on right. the people of the region. Um, and it's just like, it's like being sad for like, I don't know. You know how you, you like envision the like idealized 1950s life yeah it's like that but you're like oh everybody's coming home irradiated and it's sad mm. yeah <laughs> but it's really good <laughs> so yeah definitely those yeah go ahead no those were the, the uh, two big ones yeah i've got two books as well one that did come out this year is i'll be gone in the dark by michelle mcnamara oh I right you're seeing yes. a trend in my interest here <laughs> that's a true crime novel um, about the uh, the the Golden, Golden State, State Killer, Killer. And, and it's a really good book. Like it's just a really good book. I mean, it's a topic that I happen to be particularly interested in. But she's she was tragically not no longer with us. Um, an incredibly humanizing writer. Like the she finds a way to convey the 
the personal nature of these crimes that were committed and the humanity of the victims and, you know, talks enough about the specifics of the crimes that you understand the gravity uh, and the horror of what was inflicted on these people without it becoming sordid. Yeah. Um, And I, it's an incredible balancing act and it's, it's really tragic that she unfortunately was not, alive to see the capture of the suspected golden state killer um but it's a it's a really wonderful testament to her career and her influence on this case um very 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 good book and then one that came out very late last year so i'm counting it (laughs) came out (laughs) late 2017 so i'm just counting it as a 2018 book was john hodgman's vacation land oh yeah it's a f- fabulous, hilarious, and and tragic memoir. Um, mm-hmm. I loved every moment of that dang book. I don't read a lot of memoir. I mostly, you know, read memoir like in college for classes and stuff. Um, but this book was just so entertaining. John Hodgman's a great writer. Yeah, I think I he was on a podcast I was listening to, and he was either talking. I think he was talking about the book. And he's he's very funny and very um, re- yeah, good storyteller. Good storyteller, very smart man. I like him. He's a cool guy, and he's best friends with Jonathan Colton. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any music, any albums that came out in twenty eighteen? Oh, I didn't even talk about. Think about this. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I've got a pretty sizable list, actually. Um. Basically, a couple of the uh, the the Grammy best lists, I would agree with. Um, I really liked it. Grew on me. Casey Musgraves' "The Golden Hour." Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, there's one song that always makes me cry on it, and it's just good. I like that one. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, Hosier put out a new EP this oh. year. Obsessed. Power. Yes. I love that EP. It's okay. extremely good and I cannot wait for his new album. The, the only downside specifically to the song Nina Cried Power is it's on a playlist at work so it plays twice a day. <laughs> and so I used I Love. loved it and now it's just overplayed and I'm like, "No, it's so good." Yeah. Actually, my favorite um my favorite track on the EP happens to be uh the one titled uh n f w m b which uh-huh. stands for no one fucks with my baby oh yeah um and it's just a great song it kind mm-hmm. of didn't it, when the first time i listened to the album it didn't really catch me at all because it's it's a very um low energy song i mean it's hosier they're all low energy but it's especially right. he has <laughs> one gospel song per album and then the rest is just like guitar and yeah. him <laughs> yeah but that's what i love about him but this one like when i started paying attention to the song and really heard the lyrics i was like this is really like dark and and spooky and romantic and very very cool my favorite lyric like of all time right now uh-huh. it comes from that song um it goes uh if I was born as a blackthorn tree, I'd want to be held by you, felled by you, fuel the pyre of your enemies. Yeah, that's a great It's a song. good lyric. Yeah. 
so that's a that's a good ep there there's another ep that came out i think it was honestly the same week or a week apart because i i go by like every week i'll check the new uh, new releases on spotify and i'll just like listen to a couple things especially if i've heard of them um mm-hmm. and uh first aid kit had an ep that came out um that same time and it's oh really also so good Oh, so good like first aid kit i i really like their second album their third album which i think came out last year um so they have a lot of music um out recently i didn't like the 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 album really but this ep is just like it just like fucks you up (laughs) (laughs) well good that sounds good um another album that came out this year that I really enjoyed is um, from the 1975, uh, their new album, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Uh-huh. Uh, I just really like the, the 1975, and I think this is just more of their good work. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a good sort of 80s nostalgia rock album, like sort of like crystally guitars and like, <laughs> yeah, sort of, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. that kind of weird, clean sounding 80s. Yeah, I like it. I like I like their music. Um, Panic had an album in 2018, Pray mm-hmm. for the Wicked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, it's a fun one because it just is really mad at Los Angeles uh, as an album. <laughs> I like, I don't really remember. really mad I, at LA. I don't remember if it's the song title or if it's just the lyric in the song, but Hey Look Ma, I Made It. Oh, yeah, I think that's a song title. I like that but one yeah, that one, I mean, Dying in LA, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a it's a good one. I think I liked Death of a Bachelor better as an album, but I thought that Pray for the Wicked was kind of a a natural progression from Death of a Bachelor. Yeah, especially like I think lyrically it's really great. I think sonically he still has somewhere he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Especially now that he's all by himself. <laughs> right. He Brendan Yuri is Panic at the Disco. Yeah, he needs to find something to do there because I feel like. He's just shouting a lot. That's what he does. That's I know, what, but I just, Brendan, I just, I just, this is Brendan Urie's signature. <laughs> I know, but I just want him to shout and, and I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm, I'm waiting for him to do one more thing, you know? Well, and, and that's why I think Death of a Bachelor is maybe a slightly better album than Pray for the Wicked is because it's a got a variety. little bit, yeah, more variety. Yeah. I mean, the song Death of a Bachelor, he's sort of channeling that like lounge singer thing which is very good i just really want him to have that variety that musical variety but also the like because a lot of the their a lot of his lyrics and their past lyrics are just really hard to decipher but this new album you know what he's singing about i feel that way i feel like it's a really um especially the album as a whole makes a really decisive point yeah and i feel like (laughs) he just needs to combine those two things of like trying some variety in the, in, in the song space. And then also those lyrics that are just like, Oh, I don't have to like veil it behind this, like, you know, mall goth facade anymore. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. He's grown out of that. Uh, And then I will say from, from uh, pray for the wicked, uh dancing's not a crime is like my feel-good jam right now it's so fun (laughs) it's just a good time it makes me want to groove i love it (laughs) um and then a couple of my favorites um tupperware remix party and ninja sex party both put out new albums this year and they are some of their best work like i i love them 
Tupperware Remix Bonus <coughs> album, Together Through Time, is so much fun. It's so, so good. Like, every single track on the album is a super jam. But I think Starlight Brigade and Phantom Racer are, like, real standout tracks on that. Interestingly, both have guest vocalists. Um, good, fun, fun stuff. Just good, clean fun. Um, and then not so clean fun is Ninja Sex Party's new album, <laughs> Cool Patrol. Uh, cool Patrol is just some of Ninja Sex Party's best work to date. And I think it's because of the cover albums that they've done. They've now done two 80s cover albums, um, which are both very, very good. And I think they learned a lot musically from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've come back with just some really good music um that's also extremely funny uh and then it's actually got a a wonderful song uh danny don't you know which was sort of the big hit from the album the music video features finn wolfhard Mm -hmm. um and it's a lovely ode to like being a young nerd and feeling out of place and Danny, like, telling his younger self, like, don't worry about it. When you grow up, you're going to be super cool and really happy. And you don't have to change. And you don't have to feel weird. Like, that's what's cool about you. Yeah. So it's it's wonderful and sweet and also very funny. It's a, it's a, it's a good album. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Contact us on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates, news, questions, any of that. Silly stuff. Memes! So many memes! We want memes! Give us all your memes. (laughs) And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, no no guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.